1: You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for FanRag Sports, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers, and you can find all the podcast content at LockedOnPackers.com. It is Wednesday, opponent Wednesday, and Arif Hassan is here to talk about the Minnesota Vikings, but... I understand, and I understand that this is a tough week. The Packers were eliminated from playoff contention on Monday. Aaron Rodgers was put on IR on Tuesday, and so the Packers season is over. We knew it was over yesterday because we knew that the the Falcons game ended. Any chances at the playoffs, there was the assumption that the Packers would not risk Aaron Rodgers with the playoffs no longer in play, and that is exactly what happened. Now, number one, it has to be made clear that Rodgers was not put on IR because he was re-injured in the Panthers game. He wasn't. Mike McCarthy said he was sore, but if they had still been in playoff contention, let's say they they win the Carolina game, then Rodgers is going to play against the Vikings. That part is not the question here. The question is, did the Packers do the right thing by shutting Rodgers down? And, and, the, and the answer to me is unequivocally yes. There's no need to subject him to unnecessary hits. I mean, there are so many things that could happen over the course of a game. A, a, a defender could dive at his knees or his ankles and create serious problems. There could be uh, a head injury that that causes issues lingering issues potentially or the collarbone gets reinjured there's there was still some vulnerability on the edges of the plate so there there is myriad reasons to say this is time to shut down Aaron Rodgers because the Packers are no longer in the playoff positions and look there's a lot that still needs to be decided between now and March. The Packers need to make some decisions on players at, at key positions, and they need to figure out how they're gonna move forward. I talked about it with Eric at home yesterday a little bit about whether or not the Packers need to move on from their defensive coordinator. My my feeling on this is, is an emphatic yes. But there are certainly people who believe that that Mike McCarthy needs to needs to be. Somewhere else next year. And and obviously there are there have been a lot of people who are are unhappy with the personnel situation. I understand that. We don't know that Elliot Wolf, for example, is is actually any better than Ted Thompson. And so it's hard for me to advocate for that, but certainly a new defensive coordinator needs to be in. And this this team's talent needs to be upgraded. Now, Aaron Rodgers is still good enough. To take this team with essentially no modifications, make it a 10-11, 12-win team, and take them to the playoffs. But the rest of the NFC has, has gotten too good. The Vikings are too talented. The Eagles are too talented. The Saints are too talented. The Rams are too talented. Seattle, when they're healthy, is too talented. Green Bay can't just say, oh, well, we're good enough. The Cowboys are going to be better next year because they'll be healthier. The the Panthers could be better next year. The Falcons could be better next year. Maybe Detroit adds a player or two and they're in the mix. Maybe San Francisco has hit on something with Jimmy Garoppolo and and they're going to be more involved. The Packers cannot accept stasis. And, And Aaron Rodgers makes it so that they don't have to make sweeping, massive overhauls But that doesn't mean that they should be content and saying, well, this season, not a big deal. Rodgers is hurt a bunch of games. So that's why we underperformed. No, this team underperformed because the defense isn't good enough. The receivers aren't talented enough outside of Devontae Adams. And the coaching staff is not good enough to adapt to its personnel on either side of the ball, frankly. I mean, it doesn't make sense that Aaron Jones is is continues to be dynamic with the ball in his hands. I mean he comes back off multiple long runs and he sees three carries in a game against Carolina, whereas Jamal Williams has 10 carries, averages three yards per tote. I mean that kind of th- those kinds of things it, it has been obvious to me all year and and any longtime listener of this show will will back me up on this. I've been saying since training camp I don't understand why Jamal Williams is the preferred guy over Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is more versatile, he's more dynamic, he's more explosive. And that's not to say Jamal Williams isn't a good player. He is and can be a very good back. But the idea that that he that that Aaron Jones needs to subvert his his role in this offense for Jamal Williams is ridiculous. There can be both. We see a team like New Orleans with Mark Ingram, the the masher, and Alvin Kamara, the dasher. I mean, Aaron Jones has those kinds of Alvin Kamara abilities. He can play in the passing game. Green Bay hasn't even given him opportunities out there. But the final two games are going to be Brett Hundley. And I think it it is important for a player like Jordy Nelson. I I threw this out there on Twitter, and, and Packer fans were not happy that it might be time with Jordy. His yards per route run is way down. He just even with Rodgers, I know he was leading the league in touchdowns, but but that is based on a, a supernatural gift that they have together. And if that's the only reason he's on the team is because he he plays well with Rodgers, that's a that's a problem. And I know that Rodgers is going to play for for you know hopefully a couple more years, four, five, six, maybe seven if they're lucky years maybe more, he he wants to play into his 40s, then this this team needs to create more opportunities in the passing game, which means it needs to have more talent. They brought in Martellus Bennett and Lance Kendricks, and that was a bust. They need to find a talented pass catcher in the offseason, whether it's taking a flyer on Allen Robinson, who's coming off major knee injury, whether it's bringing in someone like T.Y. Hilton or Marquise Lee on the lower end. Maybe that's a Maybe that's a a route they need to take. I don't know. Before we get to Arif Hassan, I want to remind you about our Pro Football Focus Edge giveaway. Put your name and your Twitter handle in a review of this podcast on iTunes and you'll be entered to win a Pro Football Focus Edge giveaway. That's a $39.99 value. And behind that paywall is all sorts of tools, of charts, of grades, of data, of NFL draft content, And things that I use in articles, things that I use in this podcast all the time, all of it could be yours. All you have to do is put your name and your Twitter handle in a review of this podcast on iTunes.
0: David Harrison here, the Locked on Washington football team podcast, celebrating with you a 21 grain salute to a less boring sandwich. Thanks to Dave's killer bread I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings, not the crust. And when I eat a sandwich, it's for what's inside the bread, not for the bread. But when I throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds, Visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for Dave's Killer Bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store.
3: Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better.
1: All right, Arif Hassan is here to talk about the Minnesota Vikings. He covers the Vikings for Zone Coverage, for the Daily Norseman. He also writes for Optimum Scouting. You can follow him on Twitter at Arif Hassan NFL. He's a great Twitter follow, and he is an insightful writer. Even if it's about the Vikings, you shouldn't hold that against him. Arif, thanks for joining Locked on Packers. Yeah, thanks for having me. So... This is, this is a different feel for a Packers-Vikings game because, number one, no Aaron Rodgers. And number two, uh, something you mentioned to me uh, before we, we started was this is a different kind of, of situation than we're used to in that the Packers are the team late in the season not playing for anything, and the Vikings are the one pushing for playoff positioning. It, it, is, it has to be very different for, for you in this position.
2: Yeah, no, for sure, because either, you know, the Vikings and the Packers are are battling it out uh for a division title or a playoff spot or something, or the Vikings are hoping to play spoiler in some way. Uh and and it really isn't it really isn't the case uh for for the Vikings uh this year where they're fighting for, you know, to try and get the top seed instead of second seed is really like what they uh what what their goal is at this point. And it's kinda weird from this perspective because uh as you know, Vikings fans would be able to say, Well, I mean, why should the Packers even bother? I mean, playing spoiler, that's so petty. You know, as opposed yeah, right. to the other way around.
1: When the Vikings would absolutely love to do it if if the tables were turned, right? Yeah, no question, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's uh, that's good. Fans are fans are funny. That's why uh, that's why they're fans. So uh, I was having this conversation with with Eric at home yesterday and, and sort of wondering aloud about this. And, and I honestly I don't know how I how I feel. But the more I watch the Vikings, especially this year, I look at them compared to Green Bay. And I just wonder if Minnesota was always the better team, even with a healthy Rodgers.
2: Uh, this is something that I think uh, that Vikings fans have been saying for a while now, uh, more meant as a pejorative uh, about the Packers than an honest evaluation. But I think it has been true uh, that uh, that the team, you know, player for player, the Vikings have been better um, for, for a little bit. Uh, and it's just kind of sort of the transformative talent of Aaron Rodgers that has kind of made it competitive. Uh, and and has allowed the Packers to pull out as many wins as uh, as they have, uh, and I say pull out like you know some of those games have been you know pretty favorably in in uh, for the Packers. But uh, generally speaking, yeah, I, I think it's fair to say that the Vikings just have a better team uh, now. Whether or not that leads to you know more wins or whatever, that's kind of a question of how those team dynamics play out. You know how important the quarterback is to a game plan and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I mean the, the Vikings. In, in some ways, it really feels like the Vikings are are kind of, uh, or have been kind of an inverse of the Packers, where the Packers have kind of this hollowed out core where they've got maybe a couple of good players, you know, people like Clay Matthews in his prime Aaron Rodgers, uh, and, and some pretty stellar members of that offensive line. And the Vikings have been kind of the opposite, where they haven't had an offensive line. uh, They, they haven't had a quarterback sometimes, or the quarterback, you know, somebody that are confident in, but is clearly not at the level of, of someone like Rodgers. But the rest of the team has filled out pretty well. Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs, that entire defense that could have pro bowlers at every level, uh, you know, that sort of thing. And so it really feels like it's the mirror image, uh, you know, playing each other. And of course, as a border battle, that makes it even better. We'll get back to the interview in just a second. But before we get there, you
1: need holiday cash. I know you do. We all do. We could all use a little extra money to pay for a nice gift for the important people in our life. My bookie, AG is a place to score serious cash on your sports predictions. The holidays are just around the corner. And while that means plenty of parties, gifts, and spending, it also means there's football, basketball, hockey, college football, and you can score big every day. You can play the money line, the side, the total. MyBookie.ag is your hookup for all your betting needs. And they offer super fast payouts. In as little as 48 hours, you can have the money that you have have one where you bet is just as important as who you bet on, and mybookie.ag is the site that I would recommend. I trust them, but you don't have to take my word for it. Check them out for yourself. Use the promo code locked on for up to a 50% deposit bonus. Mybookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid.
3: This episode is brought to you by Philips One by Sonicare. One-up your brushing with Philips One. This one is the ideal one for those who are still using an old-school manual toothbrush. To all those people, it's time to take your brushing one level up. The solution is a simple one. It's the perfect timing one. It's the long-lasting, battery-powered or USB-rechargeable one. That comes in multiple colors to match you one. The one with a subscription that delivers new brush heads for just $5. Your teeth deserve this one. Philips One by Sonicare. One-up your brushing. Learn more at philips.com one. That's P-H-I-L-I-P-S dot com slash O-N-E.
1: This episode is brought to you by Shell. Case Keenum this year he goes from the guy who loses his job to a quarterback in Jared Goff who goes on to have one of the ugliest quarterback seasons we've seen in a long time and now this year I mean he you could make the case he's a Pro Bowl quarterback this year
2: yeah no for sure you know I think a lot of it has to do with uh, the coaching issues with with Jeff Fisher and the Rams that you know they couldn't really exploit uh, would seem to be kind of the inherent talent of the quarterbacks that were on the roster there. Uh, you know, we just saw Nick Foles kind of go off too. Um, yeah, I think that plays a role. But I think also, uh, it just so happens uh, that those three former Jeff Fisher quarterbacks are all in these extraordinary environments where they've got a really great supporting cast around them. And they've got a really great coaching environment around them. I think Pat Shurmur's done kind of a brilliant job. And one of the most important things that Shurmur's been able to do is kind of adapt to the opponents. Uh, that They've been playing. So if a team is kind of weak against sort of deep passes, maybe the corners a bit slower, maybe the safety is a bit late to react or something, they'll throw, you know, deep passes much more often. Keenum uh, has, you know, I think he's in the top third of, of passes traveling over 20 yards in the air. Um, but the last four weeks, you know, Keenum hasn't thrown barely any passes over 20 yards in the air. And he's had uh, very, very few uh, completions over 15 yards relative to the rest of the league. And that is a product of both, you know, kind of wanting to limit risk and, and playing with the lead, but also, you know, the Falcons have a scheme where it's easier to throw short into the outside. And, you know, uh, you know, if a team's really poor at tackling like the Bengals are, uh, it makes sense to try and get after catch yards. And so a lot of it has to do with the way uh, that Shermer's been scheming. And I think that has a lot to do with overall uh, Keenum's development as a quarterback. He's improved uh, as a quarterback over the course of the season. Uh, but also, kind of, just how that offense just has been has been chugging. And that's the other thing. I mean, you mentioned Adam Thielen; he has
1: developed into really one of the best receivers in the game. I mean, you, there, there, you don't have to add any qualifiers. I, I was joking with Eric that that he's now the best white wide receiver in the NFC North, um, which is mostly <laughs> because uh, because Jordy Nelson is unfortunately really starting to show his age. And uh, but but truly, I mean, he has been outstanding this year. He is he destroyed the Packers at Lambeau Field last year. And these these skilled position players for for Minnesota. I mean, again, I go back to this this overall question of talent with Dalvin Cook next year. I almost don't care who's going to be the quarterback. Pick one of those guys and that offense is going to be really good.
2: Yeah, I know for sure. Um the, the skill players have been really kind of dragging the rest of the offense uh, along because there's still, you know, offensive line problems and uh and, you know, and Keenum is is still sort of not I mean you're you're saying that, you know, he could go to the Pro Bowl this year and it'd be deserved, but a lot of the statistics that are like letting him, you know, get there, I think a lot of it kinda there's more credit that you can give to Thielen and Diggs and, and McKinnon and Murray sure. uh, and Kyle Rudolph. And they've been doing a fantastic job. Uh, and like you said, Thielen is is proven to be uh, one of the better wide receivers in the league. You can take a look at some of the raw statistics where he's uh, among the league leaders in total reception yards. You can take a look at you know some of those really obscure advanced statistics like yards per out run. He's one of the league leaders there too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know he's doing a great job at sort of every level. Kind of get, what's getting lost in all that is, I genuinely think Stephon Diggs is a better receiver. He's just not getting uh, the targets or the statistics or, or whatever, and that's fine. They're both extremely talented receivers, and when you can say that, when you can say. Hey, you know, if you double, you know, Adam Thielen with a corner and a safety and leave Diggs out on an island, you know, he'll get his, he'll get a bunch of targets, he'll get a bunch of yards. He's an extremely talented receiver and that allows them to probably be the best receiver pair uh not just in the NFC North, but uh but in the league. Yeah,
1: it's it's hard not to to look enviously at the Vikings roster. Uh not just on offense at at receiver where the Packers receivers outside of Devonte Adams this year doesn't matter with Brett Hundley or with Aaron Rodgers. I think the last two, maybe even three seasons, if you include go back to 2015, I, I don't know that anyone has has really stood out in in the way that that Thielen has stood out this year. Jordy Nelson was, was great statistically last year in the red zone, but that most of that, it has to do with their, you know, sort of supernatural ESP connection but especially on defense. I mean, I don't know that that the Packers have had a safety as good as Harrison Smith since Nick Collins. They certainly haven't had a, savior, a a corner as good as Xavier Rhodes since Charles Woodson, and they haven't had a defensive end as good as Everson Griffin since Prime Clay Matthews. So, I mean, there are there are guys at every level of that defense as you mentioned Pro Bowl players that are better I mean, man for man than anything Green Bay, not just anything Green Bay has now, anything Green Bay has had in a number of years.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if you'd kind of stacked up uh, every every position along that defense and compared them player to player. Uh, the Vikings might not come out ahead uh, 11 out of 12 or even 12 out of 12. Uh, if you count the nickel as the starter and and also the third linebacker, uh, you know, if you stack them up, it, it wouldn't be surprising if the Vikings did do that. Um it is a really complete defense, and the weaknesses, uh, when talking about the defense, are either players who have not really been significant weaknesses over the past couple of weeks, and 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 you're kind of hoping as an opponent that that's just kind of a fluke, or or players that are still playing, you know, kind of extremely well. And weakness is kind of a relative term, so you know you could talk about, hey, Mackenzie Alexander, who's just coming off an injury, you know, he looked kind of shaky in the preseason uh, and early in the season, but he's looked really, really good. And when he's not looking good, Terrence Newman's playing in that spot instead. And he had, he just coming off an excellent game. Uh, you know, Trey Waynes, you know, somebody who's been playing really well over the past seven weeks. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe that's a fluke. Maybe that's not, but you know, he's playing really well and he's playing sort of as what you'd expect a, you know, a second cornerback to play. And those are maybe the weaknesses, you know, maybe you could talk about, you know, Ben Gedeon. Uh, as, a, as a third linebacker, but he's not even on the field all that often. When he is, he's been playing his role pretty well. Andresen Deo is a safety. He's probably playing the best football of his life. Uh, he's probably a weakness, but not not a really significant one. So if you can isolate him, uh, you're maybe in a good spot, you know. but maybe you're not. I mean, if he's a league average safety, which I think there's a pretty good argument that he could even be better than a league average safety, not sure at this point. Um, but if he's a league average safety, and that's like one of the three weaknesses on the defense, you're in a really good spot.
1: Yeah, I just I just pulled up the depth chart here and I think the the Sendejo, Morgan Burnett, that would be a good conversation. I think I would take right. Burnett yeah. there. And then probably I would take Burnett it, too. Linval Joseph is outstanding. Uh I, I would think that you could take either Kenny Clark or or Mike Daniels over Tom Johnson. That's not to say Tom Johnson's not a good player, but
2: that's fair too. Uh, that's fair too.
1: That's I think fair. Kenny Clark and Mike Daniels have been Awesome this year and and probably haven't got the credit that they deserve because the Packers defense has been mostly so poor, um, you know, wrote about it earlier in the week that um, just about every quarterback in the league has played above his his average in uh, in games against the Packers. So obviously that's not great. The, The dynamic of this matchup is also different because Aaron Rodgers is not playing. The Packers decided to put him back on IR. His season is over, so this is going to be Brett Hundley again. Is there, from your standpoint, when you look at the Vikings, is there anything that you can learn in this game against a Brett Hundley offense, or are you just hoping to say, let's just go win the game and and
2: you know we'll figure out the rest? I think it's going to be a more competitive game than last week against the Bengals. The Bengals had very clearly quit. Uh, maybe even early into the second quarter. It was very difficult to learn any lessons uh, from the offense or the defense. Uh, offensively, you know, there were a lot of penalties. They want to take care of that. And so that's something to learn from it. But in this game, you know, it is important. I've always felt skittish when the Vikings have gone up against uh, quarterbacks that are willing to run it and have, a, have a, a good deal of mobility. And Hundley at times chooses not to, and Hundley at times does choose to use his mobility. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's something that, uh, you know a more aggressive uh, quarterback that that's willing to run that's something I'm I'm willing to you know draw some lessons from you know how they handle uh devonte adams and and how they handle that that running back pair um, you know that that's really instructive stuff you know I think it is important That they that they deal with kind of a variety of quarterbacks, quarterback styles, and quarterback looks, and they have you know they've had their Cam Newtons and their Matt Ryan's, Um, but you know it it, it gives the defense kind of more things to think about. They did pretty poorly uh, on on two just kind of big plays against uh, the Carolina Panthers involving the read option, Uh, and so uh, if the Packers decide to to go to that well. And you'd hope the Vikings kind of clean it up. And this all sounds like fairly specific and technical, but it is true that the Packers uh, just don't look, you know, that potent uh, with, with Brett Hundley back there. And so the lessons that you're learning are, are fairly specific. Uh, but in this case, I think, you know, there are some good things for the, for the Vikings to learn in those cases. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're right. I, I have been a little disappointed in how
1: infrequently Mike McCarthy has allowed Brett Hundley to run the ball this season. I think that that is that is a weapon of his, and he, I mean, I, it's not true now, but when I said it a couple weeks ago, two weeks ago, I think every time that Brett Hundley had kept the ball on a zone read play, he got a first down, and it's like this guy wow. can he can make plays with his legs. He is. Uh, an incredible athlete for his size. And, and I, I, just go back to the first play of his career at UCLA. He took a, he took a zone read 75 yards to the house. Like that's the kind of athlete that he is. And, and so I, I think that would be interesting to see. That's the, that's the only way that, that I think Green Bay can, can keep this game close is if he makes a couple plays with his legs and, and probably has to hit one or two deep shots with this offense. I'm not sure that that's something that they can do. So um, I, I will, I will not make you make a prediction, um because I, you know i think it's silly because i think the vikings are clearly the better team and i don't think we would disagree at all at at whatever you're going to say unless you're going to surprise me and say you think this is going
2: to be a, a somehow surprisingly close game uh i'm i'm not going to expect a surprisingly close game but i will say i'm not going to be surprised if the game ends up closer than it should be uh you know quote unquote should be right um right. being it's a division game uh and you know these things tend to get um, a little bit closer than than a lot of people would expect. Um, so that's, you know, something to keep in mind. And, you know, I think Vikings fans, and to some extent, maybe not so much anymore with Zimmer, but to some extent it feels like sometimes the Vikings have a bugaboo when it comes to playing the Packers and kind of play below themselves. I don't think that's really true anymore, but those are things you can think about as ways to uh, to get the match a matchup a little bit closer to equal. But, yeah, I, I think that the Vikings... Should handle this game. Maybe not as cleanly as they as they handled the the Bengals game, but I think that's that's more to do with the crazy situation in Cincinnati uh, than it is the Vikings' kind of utter dominance uh, in this game. I expect them to handle things. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a double digit point spread when Vegas kind of recalculates things when they thought Rodgers was playing. I think it was one and a half points uh, for uh, for the Vikings, and now. Um, Maybe it was for the Vikings. Uh, And now, obviously, that's going to change things pretty significantly. uh, And it's probably going to end up maybe in double digits. Uh, And that is roundabout where I'd expect the game uh, to kind of be. Where can people find more of of your work
1: covering the Vikings and otherwise?
2: Oh, yeah. Um, So I post everything I write uh, on my Twitter, uh, at Arif Hassan NFL. That's A-R-I-F-H-A-S-A-N NFL. But most of my work is published at zonecoverage.com. Uh, Just click on the Vikings tab and you've got uh, all of my stuff there. It's even got a Vikings fan rooting guide for this week because the Vikings want to have the top seed. uh, And a couple of things have to happen for for that to occur. So that's my most recent article. You can find all my work uh, there. I've also got a podcast. You can find it on iTunes. Uh, It's just called Norse Code. Going back to 2015, if the Vikings win this game, they will have won four of
1: five against the Packers, and I certainly cannot remember the last time that 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 is true. Uh, Arif, I appreciate you joining the show.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me.
1: I want to thank Arif for joining the program. He is really a tremendous contributor to the NFL Twitter community. He's a very good writer. He's insightful. He's funny on Twitter, so... Even though he covers the Vikings, give him a follow. You know, keep keep track of the work that he's doing because he's one of the good ones. I don't say that lightly about someone that covers the Vikings. No, I'm just kidding. I'm really just kidding. He's a good guy, so keep an eye on his work. There's also the Locked On Vikings podcast. You should keep an eye on Locked On Bucks. Huge win over the Cavaliers. Plenty to talk about there. Giannis, man, I don't even know what to say. With with Rogers hurt now. The best athlete going in in Wisconsin is Giannis Antetokounmpo, and it's not close. Mostly because they don't have a hockey team, and the Brewers aren't a thing yet, and and even if they were, Giannis would be the guy. He's amazing. The, The addition of Eric Bledsoe has been huge for the Bucks. so... I understand if you're frustrated with football, basketball is a great outlet for all of your sports energy, but I hope you'll keep listening to the podcast. We are are going to go through a scouting report of the Vikings tomorrow. I know that we've we've done that already, but but things change. Players change. As Arif said, Trey Waynes is an example of a player who's playing a lot better than he was the last time these two teams met. So I think it's important that we do that, get ready for this game. It's hard because it's just not the same. The energy is not the same. Brett Hundley playing in this game versus Aaron Rodgers is not the same. No playoff implications for the Packers Versus trying to get in. It's just not the same. And that sucks, but that's the reality. So we'll be back tomorrow. I hope you will be too. And and through the rest of the season and into the offseason. Because it doesn't matter if the Packers are in the playoffs or not. We're going to have content. There's still a ton to talk about. A ton to get through with the coaching and and what happens in the offseason and personnel. So you need to stay locked on, Packers.